You wouldn't worry so much about what others think of you if you realize how seldom they do. That is a quote by Eleanor Roosevelt. Welcome to Trina Talk. Trina Talk is a weekly podcast that will inspire and empower women of all ages to strive for the impossible. Your host, Trina L. Martin from TrinaMartin.com, is a motivational speaker, leader, and cybertech expert. Every week, Trina will share wisdom gained from her life experiences and lessons learned while pursuing her goals to inspire you to achieve the next level in your life. Now, your host, Trina L. Martin. Hello, welcome to Trina Talk. I am your host, Trina L. Martin, and this is episode 84. Just a reminder, don't forget to tune in every Friday at 5 p.m. Central Time for my Facebook live show called Talk to Trina. It's where I share tips, tools, and trends on technology solutions that you can use to stay connected to your clients while remote. The topic of this week's episode is embrace you. My guest this week is Joanna Zimlewski. Joanna is a high performance coach and portrait photographer who helps ambitious entrepreneurs stop fighting themselves so that they can multiply their business with greater impact and ease. To put it simply, she helps you transform years of struggle and stress into results you want in just 90 days sometimes and even one day. She is the founder of Soulscaping, a boutique transformation studio that combines the science of transformational psychology with the art of portrait photography to create lasting soul-powered breakthroughs. She believes there is nothing wrong with you. You are whole and complete and just need to integrate what you forgot together again. As a result, achieving your goals while designing a life and business that fulfills you is a second nature. Hi, Joanna. Welcome to Trina Talk. Hi, thank you for having me. You are an amazing lady. You are a performance coach, high performance coach, a portrait photographer, and you're the founder of Soulscaping. And I, I want to know about all of that. But before we start to really dig in, tell the listeners who you are and what brought you to be the person that you are today. Yeah, so I have, uh, I've had quite a journey. I actually originally started out as a chemical engineer. So I went down that logical mindset. And along the way, I realized that I actually wasn't being true to myself and I wanted to start a business. And when I started the business, I went to a seminar. At the seminar, I realized, wow, there's this whole other part of life and this whole other journey called coaching. And this was back in 2002. So it was just before it actually like really started to become big. And I realized that, wait a minute, what I really wanted to do was to help people and help them on their journey. And so I started shifting careers and I started um, looking into getting my coaching certification and working with people. And at the same time, I also had this artist inside of me. 
And I bought a digital camera and I realized that, oh, let me see about, you know, picking up my photography skills again. And I discovered a photographer that was basically doing the same thing of what I was doing, but with her camera. And I realized the power of portrait photography and how it makes us look into ourselves and really see ourselves in a different perspective, in a different light, and how much that related to coaching. And so what I did was I actually started to combine all of these three different like identities and personalities, career paths that I had been on of working with the mind, of working with the spirit, and of really working with this emotional journey through portrait photography. And that's how I created Soulscaping the way that it is today. So it's been it's been a lot of personal growth and discovering who I am and also seeing how I can help best support other people who may be on a similar journey. Wow. Very interesting. And I particularly like that because I've been on a similar journey myself. I was a computer programmer for two decades, just like Mm -hmm. you, that linear analytical thinking. And I realized that I wasn't happy there and I wanted to make a difference and I wanted to help people. So hence led me into doing this podcast and speaking and um, coaching and consulting, helping other people. So similar as well. And it's funny how that happens, how we spend our life and one profession thinking this is where we are supposed to be. And then once we get immersed in it, we go, "Mm, yeah, this is not it. Absolutely. Especially when we're forced to choose a career at such a young age when we don't even know who we are yet. And no one ever teaches you how to discover who are you really or how to shift your identity as you grow through life. And so for most of us, life takes us on that path. But for those of us that we tend to look for something more and work on ourselves on personal development on self-help then we'll discover on how to redefine who we are how to upgrade our identity is what i call it and really take us down a different path but yeah i that that was one of my biggest frustrations was that at a young age you know we're forced to select who we're supposed to be for the next 40 50 years of our life and how are we supposed to know that at the age of 17 or 18 right and it, you know it's like our parents, once they decided what they wanted to do, that was it that for the rest of yes. their lives. And it was like, oh, no, I'm whatever. And this is what I learned how to do. And until the day I dropped dead, this is what I am. But we don't have to do that. And yes. it, it's just amazing. But what I love, and, and I want you to go into detail about soulscaping, but you said how you combine all three of your careers and your experience to actually help women and you see them because when I think of a photographer and I've had plenty of professional pictures taken, some are better than others. Some you can, when you look at them, you see, wow, you know, it it doesn't look exactly like a, just a picture. And then some are flat. So tell me about that and how you use all of your skills and experiences to do your coaching and what you're doing today. Yeah. So the engineering really helped me to become a problem solver. And I will never regret having gone into it because of that, because it gave me really deep uh, analytical thinking, problem solving skills and looking at things in a different perspective. So once I learned how to do that, then with the coaching piece, it's learning that people are really no different than a computer program. 
because we've been programmed at a young age. Basically, by the time we're seven years old, there's a good part of our conditioning and programming that has already happened just through our parents, our siblings, our teachers, any sort of religious figures we may have had in our lives. So much of that is embedded in our early age. And by the time you're 35, about 95% of your programming and your personality is set. So unless you are actively doing something to look at yourself, to raise your consciousness, to redefine who you are going into another stage of your life, as I mentioned before, you're going to allow life to do that for you. So learning how to coach people, how to figure out what are these personality traits that they have that are really theirs and what is not theirs is something that was handed down to them, something that they've been carrying. Most of what we have that we've been programmed to do, it has been brought to us by other people. Their values in life, how they meet those values, how they define those values, and a lot of what we should do, shouldn't do, should be, shouldn't be, how to behave, all of those things were handed down to us. And so learning the problem-solving piece and then also the coaching piece, now I know that when someone comes to me and they say, look, I'm really struggling with this, I don't see them as being broken. They're not something that needs to be fixed. What we need to do is we need to undo the conditioning and to get them back to what they already knew how to do in the first place, which is when you when you come here as a child, you you don't pursue happiness. You just are happiness, right? You're not looking to, to get stuff. You just are. And so the more I can help my clients get back into that and get back to who they really are, the more they start to naturally show up in their life. And the more that they actually undo the so-called problems that are presenting themselves, because now they're being true to who they are. Then with the photography piece, it's really about shifting our perspective. And I'm sure you've you either experienced this or heard this before of how much, especially women in particular, are afraid of the camera, of stepping in front of that lens. Because number one, they have to be seen. Number two, they're, they're looking at parts of themselves that they necessarily don't like or they're focusing on what they don't like. And they're, they just don't know how to behave. Like they, they stand in front of that lens and they freeze. And so doing that one small photo piece with my clients I'm able to see exactly what's coming up for them without them even saying a word because I can see it in their body language. And then what I can also do is I can help them shift it by me moving them into various poses and me guiding every single um, uh, piece. So everything from their expression to where their hand is placed to how they're standing to how they're breathing, all of those little minute details now I can start to shift their body, which will shift the emotions that they're experiencing and also their level of thinking and their focus. And so that's how I bring the three together. And then the beautiful thing with the portrait session and why I love doing them so much is that when we capture that photo at the end, they can actually see themselves not only in a different light, but now they have it to reference back for the rest of their life. So we can create a beautiful uh, wall art, piece of wall art or print product, or even if they just use it as a headshot for their LinkedIn profile, every time they look at it, they go back to what they were feeling and experiencing in that moment when we took that photo. So 
that's how I bring all three together and how it can have such a powerful impact because it's not just working on your mind and your mindset. It's really integrating everything of what's going on within the body as well. Wow, that's amazing. And it's funny because you go way above and beyond what a photographer is known to do. Now, my question is, and I'm pretty sure you do this now, do you take a picture of the women when you first meet them and then after, and then you guys sit and compare the two at the end? So it depends on on the woman. I usually do ask if we can start with a what's called, I guess, a before picture. Um, so some of them do, and some of them say, absolutely not. Like they don't even, they don't even want to see themselves that way. And I respect that, you know, because it it can be, um, difficult for some and each person has their own journey. So I never try and force that on them. Um, but, uh, yeah, when they see that final photo, my goal at the end of every session is not necessarily to create an incredible image. My goal is to have that woman leaving my space feeling like the most important woman in the world. And so far, I can honestly say that I've seen that with every single client. She feels reconnected to herself. She feels like she's unstoppable. She rediscovered her feminine power, whatever way that shows up for her. And again, with even like with the styling and everything else that we do in the photo session, I have a hair and makeup artist on set. You know, we, we take care of everything for them, but we don't tell them what they're going to look like they tell us. So I don't try and force feed a certain look on them or a certain way that they're supposed to appear on camera. That's all that, you know, when she tells me what she wants to experience, I design the type of photo shoot that will be right for her. And in the end, it ultimately, you know, she's, she's in control of all of it. I'm just there to serve as the guide to help her get there, to help her find those parts of herself. So that way she will walk out of there not even realizing what she just experienced because it's so far beyond a photo shoot. And I always say, I'm not a photographer that does coaching. I'm a coach that uses photography as a tool. So there's, to me, there's a a big distinction in that because it gives me a different outcome at the end. Wow. So your clients, because I see you, you cater to the female entrepreneur. Do they Mm -hmm. come to you first and, and, say, whatever, say, um, I'm looking for personal development coaching. And is that how they find you? How, how would they seek you out? If I were someone in need, how would I know to go to you? So it would either be through some sort of personal development or business coaching, or I have the reverse where they're just coming to me for a photo session. And so they're hiring me just to be a photographer. But as I mentioned, I know that what I'm doing at the end is something that's completely different, that they're going to get a different experience out of it. So many of them are either uh, coaches or businesswomen, business owners. And even when we do, if, even if they hire me for a personal branding session or a headshot, many of them still also will do regular portraits or will also do the boudoir set. And I always recommend doing boudoir for every woman because that helps her to really start to dive into those deeper level of emotions and a deeper expression of who she is. And again, even with boudoir, there's no set 
standard or guideline for what that is. So one woman may come in and she may just want to do, you know, boy shorts and a t-shirt or a camisole. Another one would want to wear her husband's button down shirt. Another one wants to go completely, you know, Victoria's Secret or Fredericks of Hollywood. So each one is different and each one defines who that is for her and how she shows up in that space. And the only thing that my team and I do is we create the environment, the safe space for her to step into and express that which is what she takes with her when she ends up leaving. And those that, that come to me for, for coaching, they're usually coming to me saying, you know, I'm, I'm struggling with this in my business and I need help. I'm either, you know, not pricing myself high enough or I'm afraid to ask for money. I feel guilty receiving money. I hear that one a lot. Or I don't know, you know, how to show up as a business owner in my business. And so they're, they're hiring me more for the business side of things. Wow. And you sound like you're very empowering. When the people, when the women come to you, they leave feeling empowered. They, they stand a little taller. They, you know, they have more confidence walking out. And it's amazing because being a female entrepreneur and been where you are saying that you help your clients um, leave, we sometimes we don't feel worthy and sometimes we think mm-hmm. well who who am i or you know xyz is doing it better and no one to look at me or no one to think about me and it's just amazing that we as women because i you know i wonder if men do that and i i kind of think men know regardless they go you know what i can do this and maybe they can't but they're telling themselves i can do this whereas women not so much do is that what you you're finding so I've actually, I, I was of that belief in the beginning as well. And when I started talking to men about my fo- photo sessions, I had almost every single one of them say to me, why don't you do that for men? Mm-mm. And I was like, hmm. And then I started noticing a pattern and I realized they have the same things coming up that women do, but they just handle it differently. So they don't necessarily seek out that solution directly, whereas women will. Women will seek out that more emotional solution, whereas men are looking for more of that logical solution. Like, no, 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 it's my business. I want to work on my business. Um, But there are, in regards to the photo space, they definitely want to feel empowered in front of the camera as well, standing tall, standing in their confidence, feeling like, hey, you know, um, physically, I don't look as bad as I thought I did, you know? so that they they're looking for a similar type of experience but the difference is that they're looking more for that feeling like a superhero type of confidence whereas the women that I work with are really looking more to be taken care of without them actually knowing that so i've had a number of sessions where uh the client you know they they had no idea what just happened um a one in particular I went to move her hair out of her face in between a couple of taking and she just started crying. And she said to me, she's like, I I don't even know why I'm crying right now. I said, that's okay. I do. And the reason for that is, is because no one's ever taken care of her in that way. She was never the person of all of the attention and having people step up and take care of her. And it, when it finally happened, it broke down because it came to it came down to a deeper emotional level that she hadn't even acknowledged yet. And so just that one slight little movement 
brought up all of those emotions and let them out. And she, and I just allowed her to express it. There's, you know, I like whatever way the session goes is the way I allow it to go. There's, it never goes a wrong way. So as I mentioned, every person has their own journey. They all have their own experience. And so I just allow it to happen. And, you know, with men, it's the same thing. They just, they look for different solutions and, and, and they look to solve them in a different way, but deep down they're struggling with the same things. Wow, that's very interesting. I was not expecting you to um, respond the way you did about the men, but it makes sense. It's, that's mm-hmm. very interesting. So because you're so in tuned to your clients, tell me how you came to be at that point, because you said, you know, you were in one profession, you realized that that wasn't for you. What was that thing? What was your breaking point that made you say, okay, I need to work on myself and this is where my journey needs to begin. Yeah. Uh, and, and actually that's actually what also gives me my intuition and my ability to see what's going on in my clients is because I went through it first myself. Mm -hmm. So when I was in engineering, I felt like so many things were off and imposter syndrome was huge for me. Um, there was this comparison of not only the people that I was working with and who I was around, but there was also this belief that I had to know everything. And if I didn't, if, if I were to show any sort of weakness in my knowledge or what I could do that I would be out or people would judge me, you know, they would say, I'm not smart enough, any of that. And that's actually a very high thing that happens for people that work in STEM science, technology, engineering, Mm -hmm. math. Um, but I also discovered, this is a little side note, that it's it's actually very prevalent in artists as well. But where those that work in STEM feel like they need to know everything and they're, they're what they're doing is they're comparing themselves to a standard of perfection. Artists, unfortunately, is what their work is is so subjective that there are no set rules. There's nothing for them to compare themselves against except for what they think that they need to be or what their, what their work needs to show up as. So it's kind of like the opposite end of the spectrum because there's, there's no standard definition of what's right and wrong. It's all art and that's the beauty of it. So going back to uh, when I was experiencing imposter syndrome and like I said, I, I decided that I wanted to have a backup plan. And so I was going to start a business and I ended up at a seminar. It was a Tony Robbins seminar and I was there for the weekend and I thought I was there to work on my business. And what I ended up releasing was a whole slew. I mean, talk about baggage of trauma that I had been through the four years prior. And I never even realized how much that was affecting my work. Um, So I thought that, yeah, that's just, you know, the emotional aspect of it, the, uh, experiences and the things that happened years before, like I could compartmentalize that, you know, that, that was that, as I mentioned, the, the baggage and it, that sat separately, it was not affecting, you know, what was going on in my work life and how I was showing up there. Okay. That's the story that we tell ourselves, which couldn't be further from the truth because the fact of the matter is, is that those experiences define who you are today in one way or not or another. And if you haven't redefined them in a positive or empowering way. Again, it's not making the event that was positive. It's the way that you define it for yourself. 
then you are going to continue to carry all of that emotional baggage with you. And it's going to show up in ways that you honestly don't believe that it is because it's, it's subconscious. It's in that underlying programming. And it was, that's what I ended up releasing. And that's why I knew that, okay, this was the work that I had to do. I had to help people release this pain. I had to help them redefine what these experiences meant to them and who they are today. And to use those problem solving skills that I had, that I learned from engineering and to show them that, Hey, you're not broken. It's just the system that you were in, these experiences that you were in that just kind of took you off track. And all we need to do is just tweak a few small things and help you remember what it is that you forgot or maybe something that you never even realized in the first place. And once we can integrate that back again, then we can really start to make that shift. And so because of the deep pain that I had experienced, and even to this day, every time I'm going through something, I, I say to myself, I'm like, okay, there's a reason why I'm going through this. There's a reason why it's so painful. What am I learning about this? And then, and then all, it's, it's so funny because then usually within a couple of weeks, I'll see that same thing showing up in a client. And without me having gone through that experience and having ex- felt like those deep emotions and, and understanding how it's being created, how I got myself out of it. That's how I'm then able to help my client also identify it and then uh, turn it around so that that way they can overcome it and go go to whatever it is that they need to go. Wow, it's it's so funny. I'm I'm listening to you and I'm shaking my head in agreement because when you said, you know that you know always trying to achieve higher is common for the STEM professions. I'm like, yes, that's how I felt when I was in it, especially you being in engineering and I being in, you know, IT where it's a male dominated profession. Most women feel that way. And it's funny because many times I felt like that is because being a female and then being a black female, a lot of times I would be the only person in the room. And here I was the programmer on multi-million dollar systems. And uh, yeah, you start thinking, wow, do I belong here or what's going on? So it's, it's just amazing how that's where you are. But like you said, you have to really look deep within yourself and you have to release that baggage because you were meant for something higher than what you think you're doing right now. Absolutely. And you may not know what that is. And that's okay. You know, that's, which is really hard to tell someone in STEM (laughs) that it's okay that you don't know, (laughs) because we feel like we're supposed to know everything. But that's part of the journey Mm -hmm. is to figure it out. And it's not about what the end result is. It's about the journey along the way. Wow. Just, yeah, I love it. So tell me about, because I see you do masterminds and you do retreats. Tell me what your programs look like and how, so when someone comes to you, how long do you work with this person? Is it a a certain period of time or is it just for a day, a session? Tell me what your routine looks like. So the beauty about this type of work and the system that I put together for it is that it could be a one-time session or it could be ongoing. So I have different programs in place. So the women's retreat could be a 
kickstart to our work together, or it could just be the one thing that you come to. And at that retreat, what I do is I combine, I do two days of workshop where we actually do the deep, deeper work and the coaching behind it. So really getting down to, okay, what is the story that you've been telling yourself? How do we then transform that into something that's more empowering? Who do you believe you are? Who have you been up to this point? Who do you need to be moving forward in order to to attract what it is that you want in your life, whether it's business goals or relationship goals or health or whatever it is? We continue to ha- we continually have to upgrade our identity as we go throughout our lives and through different stages of our lives. Then we're also looking at what are the, your core needs because each one of us has different values. We have different things that we feel that we need to experience on a daily basis. Some of us need to feel like we're making a big, bigger impact. Other people need to just feel connected to other people. Other people just need a huge sense of certainty and safety in their lives. And some others need the opposite of that. They want more adventure. They want more variety. So each one of us has different core needs, which, and it's funny because if you look at with what's happening, happening now with the pandemic, this is what we're starting to see. So with all the uncertainty, what it's doing is it's triggering those deeper either needs or emotions or traumas, unhealed traumas that, that people have. And we're starting to see this. So all of these events that happen to us, they're just there as triggers. Um, So we're, things that we're looking at in the workshop. And then I spend an entire day just on the photo shoot. And this is where we start to integrate what's going on with the body, the mind, the spirit, and then take it to the next level. And I also do the final day, I reveal the final photos. So that way they can see exactly, you know, oh, wait a minute, I have no, like, I couldn't even believe that that was a part of me. And they can leave there. And they can just take what we've done and go on their own. Or the next step would be a, I have a three month program and this is really the deep dive into all of it because there's only so much that I can do in three days. But when we work together for three months, each week, we're diving down deep into each one of these pieces. So the story, the identity, the needs, um, what's going on with the body, mind, and spirit. And then how do we then own our healing? How do we set up our habits and an environment for success and create an empowering future for ourselves. And then if you wanted to continue even further, which I highly recommend everyone does because we can do the work in a weekend, we can do the work in three months, but then what happens when you're on your own? If you don't have a support system in place, then it's that crash afterwards. So you see it a lot when you, if you go to seminars where people come in, they feel like they get this emotional high, they go home, they're on fire. And then within a week, they're right back to where they were. And so I saw that happening for a lot of people and and I didn't want, I didn't want that to continue with my program. So I just have a, a ongoing mastermind that is renewed every single month. They can cancel at any time. And that way I give them that ongoing support as they go through life, because that's the real test. The test isn't when we're working together. The test is after we've completed the work, how are you going to respond to the, uh, the situations that are coming up that are testing you, that are triggering you. So there's, there's different ways. If someone needed to say, if someone were to say, you know, I really need to shift this now, like immediately, we can do that work. But if they wanted to really do the deeper level work and make sure that this sticks for life, then there are, I do have those ongoing programs as well. Mm. So do you have an age demographic? So do you find that 
most of your clients are where in their life? Are they executives? Are they later in life? Or are they just starting out? Or do you have a mix? In in the beginning, uh, they were kind of all over the place. So I worked with women in their 20s. I worked with women in their 40s and 50s. Now I tend to find they're more between the ages of 35, 55. Um, usually it's there's some sort of a, a life stage going on there or some sort of a transition. And that that those are the, the best times to do this work because a transition means that there's something that's changing or something that's up-leveling. And so we need to make sure that you are up-leveling with it because if you don't, then that transition can either be really painful or it will revert back to whatever it was before that. So if, if you're attracting an opportunity to yourself, but if, if it's something that you feel is beyond you, that you won't, if you don't grow into it, you're not going to hold on to it. Mm. So it's, um, yeah, it, it can be anyone. Like I've worked with some that are in their mid twenties that are discovering who they are in their adulthood. But I tend to find like my favorite ones are usually in their 40s and 50s uh, because that's really when a lot of different life transitions happen, especially when the kids are grown up and they go to college. And then now I have the empty nester mom who has no idea what to do with herself because her entire identity was wrapped up in her in her kids. So there's different stages. It depends on on what she's going through and what she wants to accomplish. Mm. Now. When you finish working with a client, the results that you see now, do they come back to you, let's say, in a few months, maybe six months, a year and say, okay, I need your help again? Or is it something where they're like, wow, you have really put me on the path to my journey and I'm loving life. And do they keep in contact with you or show you afterwards and say, okay, I was here when I met you and now I'm here. Do you get to see those success stories? I do actually. I keep in contact with many of them. Uh, many of them are on social media. And so we're either friends or I follow them on social media and I can see the work that they're doing. Um, they, many of them do, you know, we do our initial work and then they go off on their own and I just get to watch from the background and some do come back and they say, you know, I just want some additional support. And that's where that ongoing mastermind works out really well. And I've had some that have been with me, you know, at least three years, if not longer. Um, and they just, they just continue coming back because they want to know that they have a safe space to go to and get the support that they need from the type of community that they need. Because sometimes that's not always available in our immediate, um, not location, but in, in, in our lives um, with who we have around us, especially when you're building a business. It's very different to be around business owners than it is to be around family. And family is not the, are not the people to talk to when you have to make tough business decisions. You want to go to other business owners that will help you look at it from different perspectives and help you make the right choice for you. So having that environment, that community, that's really what they're coming back for. That's, that's my goal of, of what to give them because I want to make sure that every single woman knows that the, she has a place to go to, to get what she needs at any time that she needs. Mm, I love that. I have one more question before we get into our rapid fire questions, but mm -hmm. you mentioned how you have told men about what you're doing and they're, they love it. Do you actually work with men sometime? 
Sometimes I do. It's, it's very rare. Uh, if a man comes to me, you know, I, I'll always do a consultation. I'll, I'll find out what's going on. And I always want to make sure whoever I work with, whether they're male or female, doesn't matter to me. Um, I want to make sure that I'm the right fit for them, that I'm going to be able to help them. Because if I don't believe that I am, I'm not going to take them on as a client. So I don't take on every person that, that contacts me. There needs to be a right fit and there needs to be an agreement that yes, I'm ready to make this change because this work is hard. Mm -hmm. It's not easy. It really, you have to look down into the deep depths of who you are and be honest with yourself. And sometimes, actually many times, it's not pretty. And you have to face things that you've usually been avoiding for decades of your life. Or, you know, there, there's just something there that you, you just, you don't want to deal with. And so you need to be ready to do that. And not everyone is. They say they are, but they're not. <laughs> mm -hmm. So uh, I always, I, I do that initial consultation with whomever's contacting me. If I feel there's a fit there, then I will definitely, you know, present an offer to them and say, okay, this is how I believe I can help you. And if I can't, then I always look for, okay, I luckily with the network that I've grown over the last two decades, I know people that are whose superpowers are in all sorts of different areas. So if I'm not the right fit, I'll say, you know what? I think you should talk to this person. Let me connect you with them. Or I know of these resources or these books or something else, and I'll guide and direct them to where to go. Because, so that way they at least feel like even through our conversation, even through the, the initial consultation, that they're getting something from it that will move them forward. Mm. Good. I mean, you're so, so right, because transformation is confronting and it's confronting when, yes. you, when you're looking at yourself and you're going, mm, yeah, and, and, mm -hmm. you're, and you're right. You have to be willing to take that that leap and look at yourself, the good, the bad, the ugly and everything mm -hmm. in between. And people people say, yeah, yeah, I do personal development. I'm, I'm ready. But not all the time are are they ready? So that's I mean, I, I love what you're doing is. Is, is amazing. It's just really amazing. Um, and you're based in New York, correct? Uh, New York, Connecticut. Yes. Okay. So I, I have, was living in New York before. And so I started my business there. Um, but I grew up in Connecticut. So I'm just kind of in the two areas. Um, but I also travel. So uh, I do my retreats out in Denver, mm -hmm. and as well as New York City. And I do individual one-on-one -on -one appointments around the world as well as needed. So that's, that's usually someone that, that wants more of a, like a uh, VIP type of experience. Um, one thing that I've done before, it, I call it the dream shoot. And it's essentially, it's a weekend with me. We can do it anywhere in the world. I've done them in Paris. I've done them in Venice. Um, and it's similar to the women's retreat, but it's one-on-one. -on -one. And so we're doing that core work individually. And then we're having this incredible photo shoot out in the streets, you know, by the Eiffel Tower, by the gondolas, wherever it is. Um, my goal, my next goal is to book one in Scotland in the Highlands. <laughs> um, and yeah, so w whatever experience she wants, you know, my team and I will create that for her and, uh, and yeah, and we go and we do it. So. Wow. Sounds lovely. So we're going to get into our questions. Are you ready? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Who or what motivates you? Uh, I have to be uh, a little, uh, uh, what's the word? Um, 
a typical answer here. And I will say that would be my mentor, uh, Tony Robbins, because anytime I feel like, okay, there's something that I can't handle, I usually will come across a video of his and his certainty. Like if you've ever seen him speak on, on video um, or in person, the amount of certainty this man has is absolutely ridiculous. It's, it's like not even human. (laughs) So whenever I feel like I'm like, so like lost or am lacking that certainty, I'll just find something of his within a couple of minutes, watch it and get recentered again. Yeah. I've, I've seen his videos. You're right. Mm -hmm. What demotivates you? Uh, I would say the biggest thing is, is, um, those who don't want to believe in themselves that don't want to shift their lives. One of the the biggest lessons that I've had to learn is that not everyone does want to be happy and it's not my path or it's not my purpose to try and make them otherwise. So that was a hard lesson for me. (laughs) Mm. Yeah, that's um, you're right. Not everybody wants to be happy. Yeah. What is your fear? My fear, definitely not living out this work Mm -hmm. to the extent that I I know that it can go. It's because it's made such an impact in my life that I just, I want to spread that to every single person that I meet and uh, not being able to do that is definitely one of my biggest fears. Is there a time when you wish you had done something that you didn't? Oh, yes. <laughs> there were definitely those opportunities where that imposter syndrome came up, where I stopped myself from speaking up or from really stepping out fully in my power. Hmm. Okay. Is there a time that you wish you had not done something? I don't believe so. And that probably goes to a rule that I have that I don't have regrets. Because I figure if I took an action towards something, it was with a positive intent. And so even if it doesn't work out the way that I wanted it to, at least I had the courage and I, and I took that step forward. Hmm. What is your definition of success? My definition of success is putting myself out there fully, continuously, and putting the work out there. Uh, it's not so much about what will come back to me. But if I know that I'm really wholeheartedly and fully putting out everything that I know how to do, at a minimum, that is success for me. Hmm. Now, you help so many other people. How do you recharge? Uh, yeah, I, I've i been doing meditation lately, which I have not, I, I could never figure out a meditation form that I liked beforehand. And I finally discovered one this year that I, that I like. So I'll either do uh, a quick meditation session from one of Joe Dispenza's meditations, uh, or lately I've really been using music a lot. And so just knowing, okay, which piece of music right now do I need that I can put on that's going to help me shift my mental state or my emotions to where I want it to go. Sometimes it's classical, sometimes it's something that's more new age, sometimes it's something dance, sometimes it's rock. It just depends on on what direction I want to head in. So those two things, meditation and music. Okay. What are you awesome at? 
reading people, I would say. I, I think that's my that that's definitely my superpower is really seeing beyond what people are telling me and seeing who they really are and what they want out of life. Mm. What legacy do you want to leave? Uh, I want women to know that they're enough, that they do not have to be or do something in order to be worthy of love, that they are worthy of being seen, of being heard, of being respected, of having their biggest uh, dreams and goals come to life, that it's all within them. Mm. So I think you just did it, but give the listeners one motivational takeaway. One motivational takeaway. Definitely be honest with yourself. Step into who you really are. Stop replaying the voices in your head that were there from seven years old, 14 years old, whomever else, because that voice is not your own. You're repeating someone else's voice. And so even if you have to think of quieting down the volume on that voice and then raising the volume on your own, your own personal voice will never put you down. That's someone else's. So be true to who you are, be true to your soul. Deep down, you know what the answers are. And it's just a matter of turning up the volume on them and listening to them. Mm -hmm. So Joanna, tell the listeners how they can get in touch with you. What are your social media platforms? And if they want to come to you and become a client, tell them what they need to do. Sure. Uh, you can follow me on social media under Soulscaping. That's the uh, handle on all of my accounts. Uh, I'm on Facebook, Instagram, Pinterest, uh, LinkedIn as well. LinkedIn, you'll probably have to look up my name, but I'll, I think if you look up Soulscaping, it'll come up as well. And my website is soulscaping.com. If you wanted to reach out directly to me, my email address is info at soulscaping.com. And also on my website, I do have a free training that you can download to get started. It's a uh, seven power questions to overcome imposter syndrome, which is really just that self-doubt that that goes through you. And it doesn't even have to apply to your career. So you can download that. It's a free PDF. And then I also recorded a guided coaching meditation for you. So you can just put it on before a really big meeting or a sales call or something that you have and just listen to it, get into your own personal power and then go for it and, and crush it basically. <laughs> wow. So everyone, you heard that. So Go ahead, check out Joanna on soulscaping.com. Well, Joanna, I thank you for taking time out of your busy day to be with me on Trina's Talk. Um, it was a pleasure getting to know you. Thank you so much. I love the questions. They definitely made me think. <laughs> <laughs> if you like Trina Talk, please don't forget to go out to Apple Podcasts to subscribe. Also, who else in your life do you know that needs some motivation and inspiration in their life? Don't forget to share Trina Talk with them. I hope you have a great week. And remember, if you change your mindset, you can change your life. Keep striving because success is a journey, not a destination. You can listen to Trina Talk anytime and anywhere. It's available on iTunes, Google Play Music, Stitcher, Spotify, and all other places that you can listen to podcasts. If you like the podcast, please don't forget to go to iTunes to subscribe, rate, review, and share. 
If you have questions for me or need inspiration on how to go to the next level, tweet me directly at Trina L. Martin.